0: Well, as we head into the second week of the baseball season, I guess you could say overall, the Cincinnati Reds had a successful first series while the Cleveland Indians had some struggles up in Detroit, but ended up winning the third game of their three-game series against the Tigers. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dave Mitchell. Alongside is Blake Watson, and welcome to the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show as we sit down and talk about the exploits of the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. Blake, you had to be happy with the first weekend of baseball against the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, I think, it, you know, it's, it's really difficult, too, because everybody after opening day was pretty upset, um, especially with the way Luis Castillo looked. I don't think anybody expects that to be the norm for that guy moving forward. Um, they just didn't play very clean on opening day, and they come back the next two days and played outstanding. The one thing they did on opening day that they continued all weekend was that team is hitting right now. And that's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, what was your feelings on the, uh, Nick Castellanos situation on Saturday? Neither one of us got uh, a chance to off, see it live, but nonetheless.
1: First off, he, uh, he, he shouldn't have been ejected. If anyone was going to be ejected, it should have been or Molina. Um, all he did was basically celebrate and then this new, this new, you know, MLB that's different than the one, you know, we, we both, grew up watching that's something that's celebrated right that's something they want to get to do and all of these young guys to do and you know he's a fiery player um he pimped the home run on opening day and he hit a bomb on opening day um and then he took 93 to the ribs nobody's happy about that so when he comes around to score and he celebrates is it a little much probably but it doesn't give Yadier Molina the right to kind of charge him um and then they, they said they ejected him because it was, you know, the COVID stuff. And then nobody else who broke the COVID protocols, um, was ejected, which is just doesn't make a lot of sense. That being said, the ejection doesn't really matter. I absolutely love that fire. And, and you can see the entire team playing with it. Um, and I think, you know, that, that, that what he did is something that can Carry over um, and kind of set a tone for the entire season and for the entire team because they've got a good baseball team. They've got young guys in some spots. I think Jonathan India plays fantastic, um, so I, I think the Reds got a chance to be pretty good. And I love the fact that they're playing with a little bit of nasty.
0: Blake, you know the they they took two out of three against the Cardinals, and I thought Hoffman yesterday threw an excellent ball game. How'd you feel?
1: Absolutely. I don't think anybody expected him to throw that well against that lineup. Um, and I know the NL Central, was, we're going to do our predictions, but one of the more difficult divisions in baseball to predict, but kind of, it's kind of a unanimous thing that after the Cardinals got Arenado, people thought they would win the division. Um, and the Reds kind of beat the brakes off of them. And even outside of that six-run inning that Castillo gave up in the top of the first inning of opening day, They beat them for every other inning. Um, If that inning, if that six inning, six run inning doesn't happen, the Reds sweep the Cardinals. So um, I'm pretty happy with the way they played overall. Um, And I, yeah, I think Hoffman pitched great. I don't think he's going to be a guy that you expect to be one of their guys down the road because you know Gray's out and Lorenzen's out. That's a reason he's starting. But, you know, that's depth, right? And that's something the Reds have not had in the past. The guys they could bring up from the minor league level, that can give them quality starts should someone go down. So I, I like Hoffman.
0: You know, the one thing, and it's difficult to measure. I don't think anybody has probably gone back and taken a look at this. But with baseball starting as early as they do, although, you know, last year they were scheduled to start on March 28th and then COVID hit. And they were unable to do it this year. They, everybody started on April 1st. But Blake, you know, it was, it was extremely warm in Cincinnati at the beginning of the week. And then the baseball season hits and it turns cold. Louis Castillo pitches opening day. I'd like to see some analytics about that, that players from the Dominican, especially pitchers, just how well they throw in cold weather because they never have to acclimate themselves to it. Until they get to the major league level, and then you don't know how they're going to acclimate. And I think that had a lot to do with Castillo, uh, his performance on opening day. He just didn't seem like he could get a good grip on the ball.
1: Well, yeah, I agree with that. And you saw him constantly blowing into his hand. Um, the only thing about Castillo, too, and I don't know about the Dominican born pitcher, it makes sense, right? But, um, he's also, he sort of, his best pitch is that devastating changeup. And if you don't have any Feel you can't throw a good changeup; it's almost impossible, Um, and it's hard to get a good feel when it's that cold outside. Um, And it 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 actually went down as uh, almost the coldest opening day in history for the Reds um, for first pitch. So, you know, again, I don't think that's going to be the norm for Luis Castillo. I don't think anybody does think that's going to be the norm for Luis Castillo. He's just as likely to go out and throw a you know a four hit shutout the next time out. So. He just, I, I think Castillo is going to be fine. I think the cold weather definitely
0: affects him. Well, as far as the Indians are concerned, they lost two out of three against Detroit and then they opened up a three game set here today against Kansas City at home to open up their home portion of the schedule. But Blake, the funny thing that happened in the Indians first game, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it, was Miguel Carbera in the middle of a snowstorm. I mean, you literally, Almost could not see the baseball. It was snowing so hard in Detroit. Hit a home run to right field. He didn't even know it was gone, Blake. He slid into second base thinking it was a double. He couldn't find the baseball. And then the umpire had to come up and tell him that it was a home run. But Cabrera is one of the great players of all time in Major League Baseball with his personality and his talent. But it just goes to show you that when it gets to that kind of a weather situation, Major League Baseball's got to do something about that. I know they were trying to force through the first game, but still in all, when you can't see the baseball, there's a problem.
1: Without a doubt. I think that's one of the interesting, you know, tidbits of baseball, too. Because the season's so long, you start when it's cold, and they finish when it's cold. Um, You're playing a World Series in a National League northern ballpark. Um, It's going to be cold. So I kind of like the fact that it starts there, goes through the, the dog in the summer, and finishes back in the cold weather. Um, but yeah, that was hilarious with Miguel Cabrera. I honestly think he might be one of the best right-handed hitters I've ever seen. Um, that guy, when he was young, God, he was so good. Yeah. Um, just a big, powerful man with a short, compact swing. He was almost impossible to throw up by. God, he's so good! But it was hilarious to see. It was. Um, it would be a
0: shame if he doesn't get three thousand hits. He's like a hundred and fifty away.
1: Yeah, and it all depends on how long he wants to hold on. If he wants to play a couple more years as a designated hitter in, in the American League, he'll get there. Um, but yeah, he definitely deserves that that recognition for sure.
0: Blake, the other thing about the Indians that I was I was concerned about is their their. First of all, I'm concerned about their hitting. But yesterday against the Tigers, they hit three home runs and finally seemed to break loose after the cold weather left and it was 70 degrees in Detroit. But you've got Bieber starting the first game. You've got Plezak starting the second game. They had the same problems as Castillo did on opening day in Cincinnati. They could not get a feel for the baseball and just were unable to pinpoint their pitches. Now, Savali yesterday when he went out there on the mound, pitched a great game, and I'm extremely impressed with this kid that they got in the Corey Kluber trade. Wasn't able to pitch a year ago, Emmanuel Classe. Um and Classe is a big strong right-handed pitcher that Texas gave up for Kluber. And this kid notoriously is is uh throwing a hundred miles an hour and he's got a sinker That will just fall off the plate at, at almost 90 miles an hour, which is unheard of. And I watched this kid come in and close out the game yesterday. And it's only the second time I've ever had a chance to see this kid pitch. Just an outstanding pitcher. And if that's gonna, if that's the guy that's gonna be at the end of the Indians bullpen, then I think they've got a pretty good shot. And I'll get into that once we get into our predictions here in a moment. But the Indians are another team, Blake, that you know, I, I found out before the season began that the Indians have never finished under 500 under Terry Francona. The last nine years, they have never finished under 500. They've got a pretty good chance of doing that this year, but this is a ball club that they are definitely going to have to work around and put people in places to help them succeed. Remember what I said a week ago about Yu Chang? Yeah. And putting him at first base and getting him in, in the lineup. They did that on opening day and yesterday they played him at first base. He came up with a big two-run single yesterday that gave the Indians the lead and then once they got the lead, they started hitting home runs off Tiger pitching. Now, today they've got Kansas City and Kansas City right now is at the top of the division with Minnesota and Detroit each at 2 and 1. Still in all, you know, Kansas City, I think is going to be a better ball club and it's the return of Carlos Santana back to Cleveland. If anybody really cares about that, I think they're more concerned about Lindor coming back than anything else, but, and that brings me to another point, Blake. You know, baseball had to postpone the game between the games between the Mets and Washington. They've even postponed the Washington game this afternoon because of the COVID situation. And it, it's going to be a it's going to be a bad situation there, Blake. If they're going to have to postpone games, it'll almost be like St. Louis a year ago.
1: Yeah, but it, it, in reality, we're in a better spot this year to do that because they have the one sixty two the the length of the season to make up for games. <clears throat> so last year they were trying to make off all those games in, in very little time. I think. You know, better safe than sorry early is to not let it become an outbreak, not shut down a bunch of other teams, um, and, and, and do it the right way, shut them down. Um, I wish they would have got to play, obviously, but I, I think it's the right call, and I think they'll find time to get their teams in. I mean, divisional opponents, so that they'll play each other, you know, whatever it is, 18 times or whatever. So they've got time to, you know, do some seven-inning doubleheaders and and make those games up, whereas last year it would have been much more difficult to try to get all those games in. So I think think they probably made the right decision.
0: You know, I want to run this by you real quick before we get into our predictions, and then we're going to round out the show with Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game. But before we get into the predictions today, I, I want to ask you about this. We talked about all the rule changes that baseball is implementing. I've come up with a rule change that I would like to see them do and they could add a player to the roster and supplement things with the players association. With all this crap that they're coming up with to speed up the ball game, why not with, this has got to happen with two outs. If the catcher gets on base with two outs in an inning, you are allowed a pinch runner for that catcher and the catcher can go back into the ball game. So the catcher can get it into happens. the dugout, get a rest, put the equipment on.
1: It happens at a lot of levels. Um, so, like, our summer ball was always that way. Um, and it was always basically for the speed up the pace of play stuff. Um, I think with with TV rules the way they are, um, the fact that they're in commercial between every inning, you never rarely see that, that we're waiting on a catcher to get out there regardless of where he is on the base pass. I I mean I I like the rule. We use it. We use it a lot, um, but I, I don't see that happening because of the, the TV commercials. There's just no need for it. It will not speed up the game at all, um, and then that creates you know an unfair advantage technically, possibly for a certain team. If you have a Billy Hamilton on your roster or a D Gordon on your roster that you can pitch run for the catcher every time there's two out. And, you know, you got another guy, another team that doesn't have a guy like that. It's a bit of an unfair
0: advantage.
1: Um, or it may change the way people construct their rosters. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. I wouldn't be opposed to it because I've seen it work. But I just don't think they'll do it.
0: All right, let's get into our predictions. Let's start out in the National League. And, you know, realistically, when you look at the first weekend of the season, Blake, there are only two unbeaten teams, and Philadelphia is one of them. Philadelphia is 3-0 on top of the National League East. The Houston Astros have won four in a row under Dusty Baker, and they are 4-0. and So there are only two unbeaten teams out of the 30 in Major League Baseball, which is interesting after the first three or four games that, that teams have played that they're the only two unbeaten teams after the weekend. Not even the Dodgers and the Padres have done that. But let's start out in the... we'll We'll do the National League Central and the American League Central last. So let's start out west. Let's go out to the National League West, and what do you think is going to happen out there, Blake?
1: I mean, it's super easy to just say the Dodgers are going to run away with the division. Um, They're far and away the best team in baseball. It's really not even close. If you go position by position, they've got guys that are among the top five players in the position all over the diamond, including a couple, three possibly starting pitchers that you can consider you know, top 15 guys in baseball in uh, Bauer, Bueller, and, and Kershaw when he's healthy. Um it's really easy to say them that being said I think the Padres might be the second best team in the National League. Um what they did this offseason man they they really improved that club. That that ownership group is spending some serious coin. Um you know, you bring in Blake Snell, you bring who pitched it really well in a World Series on a World Series team last year. Um but you know, I think borderline uh, Cy Young guy, like, he's really good. Darvish was the guy that probably finished number two in the Cy Young to Bauer. They bring Darvish in. Um, I think he finished third behind Bauer and uh, DeGrom. But um, he was one of the guys they were talking about all year last year for for a Cy Young. He bring in two dudes of that caliber to, to anchor that starting pitching. You know, if Clevenger was healthy, that starting pitching rivals anybody in baseball. Um and, and you know you got Tatis, you got Manny Machado, you got Eric Hosmer, you got some serious dudes in that lineup too. I would not be shocked at all if the Padres that young nucleus finds a way. That being said, I think it's a lot like the Cubs a few years ago. I think they're still a year away. Um, so I would have to pick the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Um, but you know, we know in baseball that doesn't always mean that they're going to get the most wins and win their division. So, I think you have to pick the Dodgers with a caveat that the Padres are really, really
0: good. Yeah, I, I would agree with you out there. I think the, the Dodgers are the hands-on favorite, hands-down favorite to win that division. I mean, they're, they are just loaded. But the Padres are too. And I think if the Padres could find a couple of surprises, not only in their starting rotation, but in their bullpen, they might be able to pull out, uh, that division. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I think the Dodgers are gonna be a team that are probably a 98 win team this year if not 100 wins. So I've got the Dodgers one, San Diego two. I've got Arizona number 3 and San Francisco number 4 with Colorado number 5. And the only reason I put San Francisco down at number 4 is I just think they're mismanaged. <laughs> I just I don't like their manager and and that that's the big thing that I that I've got with them. Let's move on to the National League East where I'll start out this time. The National League East, I think, is one of the tougher divisions to really try to assess what is going to happen. Cause you got some good teams out there in Philadelphia, Miami, the Mets who just picked up Lindor and they've got some pitchers coming back, Washington and Atlanta. Now, Washington is a team that won the World Series, you know, two years ago and they came out of nowhere really to do it. But I think this year, Blake, I, I don't think that's going to help them. I think Washington is a team on the downslide and not on the upswing. I think Washington's going to end up finishing last. The team I'm going to go with out out in the East to win that division, I'm going to take the, the Phillies. I think last year was kind of a warm-up for them. They've improved their pitching staff. Um, they're probably the odds-on favorite to even get Chris Bryant from the Cubs at the uh, – at the trading deadline, which now, by the way, is still July 31st. Miami's a good ball club. The Mets are a good ball club. Atlanta's a good ball club. I've got Atlanta second finishing just outlasting, uh, the Mets in that division. And that's not taking anything away from Miami because I think Miami, I watched them a couple of times this weekend, Blake. I think they're a really up-and-coming ball club, and especially their pitching staff. They've got some things down there to work on, and Mattingly has, has done an outstanding job with them. But I'm going to take Philadelphia 1 and Atlanta 2 with the Mets 3, Miami 4, and Washington 5. Uh
1: I think I'd be pretty much the same, except for I'm taking Atlanta 1, um, Philly 2. Um As the rosters are currently constructed, I am. I don't think... I think the Braves had too much starting pitching, especially once Soroka gets back um, to uh for, for for the Phillies to deal with. Now the Phillies lineup for really good. They've got enough pitching. They're going they're a good ball club for sure. Um, but I think Atlanta with three, three Charlie Morton over, um Soroka getting healthy. <clears>
0: then
1: <throat> you. you look at their lineup. They got maybe the best first base in the baseball, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies is good, Ozuna and Acuna in, in the outfield. Um, I think a lot of that, what they do d- will be determined based on what, you know, the the young rookie center fielder Christian Pache does. Um, but I think Atlanta's the class of that division. Um, but again, like you said, it's one of those ones that could go anyway, right? It's, I wouldn't be shocked if The Mets, the Phillies, or the Braves won that division. I don't think the Mets have enough, Um, but again, another one of those. Just like I talked about with San Diego, it's it's another group that the ownership is going to go get players if they need to. Um, If they have if they have a need and they're in the hunt, there's no doubt that they will find a way to bring in somebody that matters.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that can impact the ball club. So those three teams, I think for sure. I think Miami. It's a good story, and I think they'll be competitive. They're a lot like the you know the Rays in the American League in the fact that no big names they just find a way to get it done. Um, so I think they'll be good. I think they're very well managed. That Don Mattingly's very good. I just don't think they have enough enough horses to to compete with those other teams.
0: Okay, let's move out to the American League West and see how you feel about that division in the American League West.
1: It's another one that's super difficult to pick. Um, you know, the the I guess the favorite would have to be Houston. Um but again, I think Oakland's always good. Um I think the Angels are going
0: to be better. you see what Shohei Otani did last night? Yes. What
1: a Oh my god. Ma,
0: I mean that fastball that he that he creamed in the first inning was belt high and what a perfect swing.
1: Hey, he's a really good hitter. Um I mean, first time since they said 1903 that a pitcher has batted second in a lineup. Like that's unbelievable that that's what happened.
0: Yeah, but did you hear um, the other? He did you hear down. the other stat about that? It, no. it was the first time since 1977 that a pitcher has been in the starting lineup, the batting order for an American League ball club, and that only happened because the manager screwed up the lineup card. That's
1: See that's crazy, and he—it's rightfully so. He should be in the lineup, um, and they went three and one over the weekend. So you know they are definitely not a, a joke by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but again, I just don't know what they have other than Trout and Rendon. I know they brought in Jose Iglesias to play shortstop, and we saw a couple years ago in Cincinnati, who's a really good baseball player, a winning guy. Um, but they, they would probably also, another team would have to make a move for some sort of offensive player. Um, whether that's a, you know, a corner infielder or another outfielder or whatever, find another designated hitter. Um, I guess Otani will DH mostly when he doesn't play, but, or when he's not pitching, but I think you have to go with Houston. But as good as Houston's been for as long as they've been that way, they definitely lost his talent, right? You lost George Springer. They don't have the pitching staff they once had. Um, yeah, Verlander's so, I mean, out
0: for the it's,
1: it's, year. Verlander's out for the year. Um, they've lost some other guys just that have moved on, um, you know, Garrett Cole and the like a couple years ago. Um, that that team, man, it's another one of those teams that they just find a way, but they've got the ultimate X factor in the fact that I think Duffy Baker's terrible. Um, <laughs> so I think – I would still probably have to go to Houston based on their team. Um, but I would not be shocked at the Angels this is a year that Trout finally gets to play in the
0: playoffs. Well, you know, I, I the guy I do not feel sorry for is Justin Verlander. And the reason I don't feel sorry for Justin Verlander is not only is he being paid, but he also is being paid to sit home, recuperate with Kate Upshaw. So, Yeah,
1: I, I don't feel bad for him because he was married to. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I mean, you, you can't feel sorry for Verlander. But, you know, out in the American League West, I've got to agree with you. I think Houston is the team that has to be beaten. Um, yeah, they're without Stringer. Yeah, they are without, uh, Verlander. But, um, they've got some excellent pitching that is coming back also. The, I like the Angels. I like the way they're constituted. I like their manager in Joe Madden. I think he's going to keep them in it for the entire year. And now with Otani, and you've got Trout out there. I know you've got Pujols, who's on the back end of his career. Uh Whatever happened to Zach Cozart out there?
1: I really don't know. I have no idea what happened to Zach Cozart. Um, I don't know if he just walked away or hasn't found a job or what it is. I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that to me I thought was... He went out to, went out to California to play out there, and he hasn't played. I mean, it's just, it, he's, it's,
1: he's considered a free agent right now. I know in, in 2019, you know, he got less than 100 at back and only hit 124. Um, so he's, he's a free agent baseball player right
0: now. Yeah, I think the team that's going to finish last in the division is Texas. I just don't think that they've got enough. Then you've got Seattle. Oakland's going to bounce back after their initial weekend. They they always do. Oakland, Oakland is always there. They're always hanging around, but they just never have enough to put themselves over the top. Then you've got the Angels, and I've got Houston uh, winning that division. Now moving over to the American League East, That one, to me, Blake, was the hardest division to call of all of them. Um, And it's not because of what you know. It's because of the unknown. And the unknown is, how good is Tampa Bay going to be without Blake Snell? And how good is Toronto going to be Because they don't have Marcus Stroman anymore, and their pitching staff is just a little bit iffy. But they've got a lineup there in Toronto that is going to compete with just about anybody. So I'm going to take this from last to first. I I honestly believe that Boston is going to end up in last place in this division. I, I think Boston has really, really gone downhill and, uh, you know, it's the first time since I think it's 73 years that the Red Sox have lost their first three games at home, and that was this weekend. I just don't think it's going to be a very good year for the Boston Red Sox. I think Baltimore has got a little bit better ball club. They're young. They they are hungry. I think they end up fourth in this division. And then it brings you down to the Yankees, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. I think when you lose Blake Snell, Blake um that's a big loss to me that is a big loss and I've got them actually finishing in third place then the Yankees and I've got Toronto winning the division I think Toronto wins the division I think they they beat the Yankees out and to be honest with you I don't even think the Yankees make the playoffs this year which is really I don't think they've got the pitching uh I know Corey Kluber is going to be their number 2 pitcher. Now if Kluber comes back and is the Kluber of old, then I reserve the right to change my decision. But nonetheless, I I just cannot see the Yankees even with their lineup winning that division. I've got Toronto winning it. How do you feel?
1: Uh I think I agree with you on 4 and 5. I think it's crazy to think of the Boston Red Sox as the worst team in the division, but I think they are. Um Baltimore they're close with with Boston, right? Like they're they're a little differently built, but they're close in, in terms of t- overall talent level.
0: Would you agree, um, though, that Baltimore's on the way up and Boston's on the way down?
1: They feel like they are. Yes, I know Baltimore's got a lot of younger guys that can play, um, and Boston, you know, is a lot of recharges. I mean, Boston moved on has moved on from so many talented guys over the last couple years. It it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, they must not expect to be good or you don't trade a guy like that in tending. Um so yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. Boston probably five, Baltimore four, um Tampa Bay three, and, and you you keep talking Blake Snow. They lost Charlie Morton too. Um so that, that was their number one and number two in the playoffs last year. Um so they run out of a starting pitching staff. Tyler Glasnow's really good, um, but after that, Ryan Yarbrough, Michael Walker, Chris Archer, Rich Hill. I mean, who does that care? Um, nobody, I don't think. Um, so, and that's weird that that's the way it is in Tampa. That it's three retread guys at the back of their back of their starting rotation. That's um, just not something you typically see in, in Tampa. Now, I still think their lineup's pretty good. I mean, Brandon Lau's good. Willie Adams is good. Austin Meadows has got a chance to be really good. Kevin Kiermaier, Randy Rosarina. I mean, they might have the best fourth outfielder in baseball, Manuel Margot. Um, so, they, I mean, they've got a decent team. I just don't think they'll have the pitching. And I think this, I feel the same way about Toronto. I don't know. I mean, I guess both of the next two teams don't really have a ton of pitching, right? Like Toronto's yeah. starting lineup. They're, I mean, Hingin Rayu is good. But, I mean, Robbie Ray is our second starter. He's on the disabled list. Tanner Roark is their third starter. I watched him for a full season in Cincinnati. He's fine. He's a fine major league pitcher. You better hit. Now, they've got a legit lineup. Um Vlad Jr., they signed Marcus Semyon, who I thought the Reds might sign. Uh, Craig Biggio's son, Dante Bichette's son. It's like the all-junior team. They got yeah. Biggio... Bichette and Guerrero, um, and then they bring in, you know, George Springer. So their lineup's legit. Like, that's not a joke. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the Yankees, that bullpen, man, is so good. It's um, just dominant. D.J. LeMahieu maybe the most underrated player in baseball. I hate that the Yankees are good. I want the, the Blue Jays to win the division. I think the Yankees will win the
0: division if they stay healthy. All right, so we disagree on that. Let's move into the American League Central, then we'll end up with the National League Central, go through our our uh champions of each division in the World Series. In the American League Central, I'll, I'll kick it off, Blake. Um, the team I think is going to finish last is Detroit. And that's not because... Detroit is a bad ball club. They are another team like Baltimore that I think is on the rise. They've just got a problem with their pitching. They're all young. I mean, for crying out loud, they are starting in their lineup guys that they drafted in 2017 and 18. So these kids have not had the opportunity to grow at the minor league level. Um, but they're an exciting ball club. I will tell you that they are fun to watch. But I've still got the Tigers finishing in last. I've got Kansas City finishing in fourth place. And that's only because Kansas City's in the rebuild mode. Kansas City is going to, the, their big loss is Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon was the glue that held that team together for years. And Alex Gordon has retired after last season. That's gonna let, they have lost a leader in Alex Gordon. Somebody that they are going to have a tough time Uh, replacing so I've got Kansas City finishing fourth but I think they're on the upswing the team I think is on its way down is the Cleveland Indians but they're a team I think with the pitching is capable of finishing third in this division but if their pitching comes through a little bit better than I think it will or their hitting comes through a little bit better than I think it will they've got an opportunity to compete for second place they're not going to compete for first in second place in the Central, I've got Minnesota, and that means I've got the White Sox finishing in first place. I, you know, I don't like Tony La Russa. I think Tony La Russa believes that he is a god to baseball. But Tony La Russa has won everywhere he's been in the regular season. I, I discount the playoffs. But he's won everywhere he's been in the regular season. And I think he's going to do that with the White Sox. You know, he's the oldest manager to ever come out of retirement and manage a ball club, Blake—he's seventy-six and ten months old.
1: I didn't know that, but and I actually kind of forgot he was the White Sox manager. To be honest with you, um, because I definitely think they're the class of that division, talent-wise. Yeah. Now that might implode because of him. Um, they don't—they got a decent starting rotation. G. Alito's fine. Adding Lance Lynn was big. Um, Lance Lynn, you know he's just a consummate professional kind of dude. He's kind of like a a new age, uh, a lot like what I thought Bronson Royal was for the Reds for a long time. Like just a solid major league pitcher
0: and he's inning. Not going to
1: go out and help. Yeah, he's just a good good pitcher. Yeah, um, he's never going to go out there and have a sub three ERA, but he's never going to have a, a plus five ERA either. So he's going to give you a chance to win every time he takes the ball. Um, so see yeah, if that lineup. Grandal, Abreu, Madrigal, Anderson, Luis Robert, and Adam Eaton's big too. I think Adam Eaton's a legitimate big league hitter. Uh, he's actually a guy that I wanted the Reds to go after a few different times, just because he's more of a putative play kind of guy. Um, so I think Chicago wins the division. Um, I think the Twins finish second. I think it'll be close, and I wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way. I actually think the Royals might finish third <coughs> um, because they're they're the difference between them and the Indians for me is they're making an attempt to be better or the Indians are kind of not. Um, at least they go out and acquire guys like Benintendi. Um, you know, Whit Merrifield's a good player. Salvador Perez is still there. They get Carlos Santana. Um, they've got four or five legitimate major league hitters in their lineup. Um, and I think the Indians are fourth. And I think Detroit, Well, again, I think they're on the upswing. I remember saying this after week one last year where, you know, when they played the Reds, like, they got some talent on this team. Some young guys that can really play the game. Once they figure it out, maybe get the right guy running that organization from a managerial standpoint, that team might take off. But, again, I think there's still a couple years away, and most of those kids will probably be better off in the minors, like you said. Um, but when you're bad, you might as well bring them up and let them learn at the big league level. Um, I've always been a believer in that. I've always been – I don't understand how teams always do – the opposite of that. Like, leave kids in a minor until they're 24-25. I mean, even if they're not super productive minor leaguers, you got to get them up at some point and see if they can play. Um, and they're definitely doing that. These kids are going to take their lumps, but at some point it'll probably pay off. Even if that's just, these kids prove they can play at the major league level, and then while they're still, they're major leaguers, they're still technically prospects, you flip them for better players. Um, that, that wouldn't be a terrible idea either. Um, but I definitely think it will be um, Chicago 1, uh, Minnesota 2, Kansas City 3, Cleveland 4, Detroit 5.
0: All right, so that takes us to the National League Central, and what do you have there?
1: Oh, uh, listen, you know this is hard for me to pick, especially <laughs> after the way I just watched my Reds play. Um, and it's also just a really hard division to pick. you got four teams that are relatively well like relatively close, um, I think we'll both agree quickly. Pittsburgh's five, and it's not—that's not even a discussion point, right? Um, I would probably go for the Cubs because I think everybody thinks they're going to move Bryant. Um, they already moved Schwarber. They're—they might move Baez if they don't think they can re-sign him because he's a free agent after this year. Um, their pitching is not very good. Um, their bullpen is not very I mean, it's just a team that feels like it's ready to explode. Um, if if the, and if the Cubs management, which they typically don't do things right, but if they were, they're at the point now where it's blowing up time. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, Rizzo is also a free agent at the end of this year. He's already given them a hometown team discount when he signed that big contract, what was it, about seven years ago? Um I yeah, you know, I could see them hanging on to Baez and building this team around him and letting Rizzo but I'm gonna be honest, I don't think Rizzo's gonna go anywhere. I think Rizzo will stay to the Cubs and he'll retire as a Cub. But Chris Bryant has made so many overtures that he wants out of there. And I'm not a big fan of David Ross as a manager. I I think he, he parlayed that 2016 uh season and how he was John Lester's personal caddy at catcher. Into a managerial job, and, and that was just based upon the Cubs had nowhere to turn since they had no front office personnel.
1: Right. Um, I mean, in their lineup, still pretty legit, right? Like, a yeah. good, Rizzo's good, Bodie's a good player, Bryant's a good player, Baez has been down the last couple years. Um, you got Jock Peterson, Ian Hack can play a little bit, and Jason Hayward. I mean, that's a decent team. But their, their starting pitching is not good, especially no. after Kyle
0: Hendricks. I, 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 um, love, Hap. I love Hap. I love Hap out of a, center field.
1: Yeah, he's a Cincinnati kid too. Yeah. Um, he, he went to the University of Cincinnati, switch hitting center fielder. I never thought he was going to be a center fielder, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to end up in a corner, but he's done a good job defensively. They just don't have enough pitching. Um, this division's so hard for me. I would probably I hate the bet on this, but I would probably call go with my Reds to win it because I can't not. And they're playing; they played really well over the weekend, and I think they have a really good team. We've talked a lot, even off the air, you and I, about you know the Reds played well last year, and everybody wanted them to make that big move. And I think their big move came from the guys getting a full 162 this year. Cassiano's return to. what he can do, and if you don't like the way that guy plays, you don't like baseball, Mustakis um, is going to hit. Your boy Naquin hit a home run yesterday. Um, so in, in, when o- Akiyama comes back, he'll, a- Naquin will probably stay on the roster. They'll send probably Aristides Aquino out at that point. Um, I think the big thing's going to come for the Reds in, in, the, in the health of the pitching staff. If Gray's out for a long period of time, it's going to be hard. Same with Lorenzen. And then they think I think they need to find a bullpen arm. Even if that's a guy like, say, you bring up Hunter Green. Um, because, you know, you look across baseball and everybody's got that absolute claim-thrower in the bullpen. And the Reds kind of started it with Chapman, right? He's they, they, kind of the first guy that did that. Now everybody's got one. The Reds don't have one. Um, especially if Michael Lorenzen's going to start. Notting Amir Garrett's really good. I think Doolittle's really good. Lucas Hens is really good. Um but they're not, they're not locked down flamethrowers. And I think Hunter Green could be that kind of what Chapman was that one year for the Reds this year. So I would go Cincinnati one, St. Louis two, Milwaukee three, Chicago four, Pittsburgh five.
0: Well, I, I'm pretty close to what you've got. I've got Pittsburgh landing in the basement. The Cubs I've got it at number four. Um, I've got Milwaukee three. I've actually got the Reds finishing second and St. Louis finishing first just because I think St. Louis's pitching is a little more settled on the back end of it than the uh the, red, the Reds are and that's the only reason I picked it that way but I mean when you look at I I could change my mind about mid-season and say you know hey and and the Reds could prove me wrong and right now you know after the first weekend of the season they hammered St. Louis's pitching staff they I mean other than like you said that first inning, uh, that Castillo gave up the runs to St. Louis in the opening day, uh, they were, they were a better ball club than St. Louis. I just think Milwaukee is just one of those teams that is never gonna get any better. They are what they are, and until they, uh, really make a splash with a really good ball player, uh, you know, like, for example, a Carlos Correa could really turn that team around if they could sign him at the at the end of the season or or a, a big big name pitcher but Milwaukee is what they they are what they are but I I like the addition of Arenado uh, which I could never pronounce his name Arendado, uh at third base for the the Cardinals but you know the Reds did something that a lot of people will say was the right thing sometimes the best moves you make are the moves that you don't make and there were a lot of indications that the Reds were going to go out and get a shortstop. And maybe the best move that they made was just going with Jonathan India at second base and moving Suarez to short.
1: I, I would agree. And I think after game one, people were really doubting that move because um, Suarez made a couple really bad errors. Um But it's the first time guys play short in the big leagues in, you know, almost a decade. Um So... There was bound to be some some butterflies, right? Um, and I think Suarez will be fine defensively. He's never going to be a plus. The Reds aren't a plus anywhere defensively except for maybe center field. Nick Sanzel's pretty good. Um, I, I guess India looks like a pretty good second baseman too yeah. at this point. Um, and then their catching duo is pretty good too. But I think if you look top to bottom on the roster, I think the Reds have the best mix in the division with veterans, with guys in their prime, with young guys. Um, you know, that being said, obviously, they need Senzel to stay healthy. They need Winker to stay healthy. They need guys that have shown that they've been a little bit injury-prone in their career to stay healthy. And they need Jonathan Indy to play like the guy I said last week might be um, a top-five finisher in the National League Rookie of the Year voting. Um, and if he does, then he certainly looked that, like that guy in the opening weekend, right? Um so, I think the Reds got a chance to be really good, but again, I wouldn't be surprised either with St. Louis. I think one through five, the Reds' pitching's probably a little better, um, but like you said, the back end of their rotation's a little more solidified at this point, although they're missing Michaelis and the Quang Kang Kim, or whatever the heck his name is. Yeah, they're both out right now. Um, but again, the Reds, Gray and Lorenzen, probably start game two and three, and, and they didn't start. So, um, I, I, it's, it's going to be one of the fun, more fun divisions in baseball to watch. Just like it was last year, theoretically, any of the four teams could win it. And all – the Reds got three of them in the postseason last year. So I, I think they'll be – or the Reds, the Central got three teams in the postseason last year. So I think it'll be a lot very similar to that. I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. I don't think any one of these teams going to put up 97 wins. Um, I think the team that wins this division is going to have 89 to 90 wins and they're going to beat up on each other a little bit, and then that team will be poised to do well in the playoffs again. So I, 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 that division's really tough, though, man. I hate to not to pick the Reds because I feel like I'm giving them the kiss of death, but I, I really think they're probably the best top-to-bottom team in the division.
0: Blake, quickly, who are your two wildcard teams in the National League?
1: Oh, man, I need got to bring up – let me bring up the, the uh, standings really quick so I can look at it. I can't even think right now. I mean, well, let me
0: let me go into mine. I, as far as I'm concerned in the American League, the two wild card teams are going to be the Angels. They'll finish second to Houston in the West, and the Minnesota Twins will finish second to the White Sox in the Central Division. Now, in the National League, I've got the Padres winning one of the wild cards and Atlanta winning the other wild card finishing behind Philadelphia in that division.
1: So mine would be in the American League, I would take either Tampa Bay or Toronto, whoever finishes second in the East. Um, And the Angels, I think I agree with that pick. I could see the Twins, too, but that's what I think. Um, And then in the the National League, I think I agree with you on the Padres. I picked the Braves to win the East, so I don't think the East is going to get a second team. I think the St. Louis Cardinals or the Cincinnati Reds, whoever doesn't win the Central, Becomes the wild card team from the, the other wild card team from the National League.
0: Okay, so who do you have winning? Who, who do you have the two teams in the World Series?
1: Oh man. Uh, Dodgers. Man, oh god, this is tough, Dave. Dodgers. (laughs) The, The American League is just kind of a joke. Um, I would pick four or five teams in the National League before I pick anybody in the American League. Um, I'll go surprise and pick Tony LaRusso and the White Sox.
0: Wow. Okay. And so you got. You the... think
1: of one in the, in the American League? I just I don't I can't I cannot with for life me I'm not capable of picking the New York Yankees. So I had to pick somebody else.
0: Well, I'm going to take. The Dodgers and Houston to win, win the American League. And I've got the Dodgers winning the World Series all over again. How about you? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I think it's anybody that doesn't pick the Dodgers to win the, the, the World Series in one of these things is crazy. I like your Houston pick. I think they have to find another starter. If they don't find another starting pitcher, no shot.
0: Yeah. Yep. Blake, all right, let, let's move into, I, I don't normally like to bring politics into this show because we get enough politics as it is, but every once in a while the two cross over. And, you know, last week Major League Baseball uh moved the All-Star game from Atlanta this year. They haven't announced where it will be, but they've taken it out of Atlanta because of the new voting bill that the Georgia uh, legislature has put into place. Um, I've got my feelings about it. How do you feel about it?
1: I think it's ridiculous. Um, not only do I think it's ridiculous, I just, I hate when professional sports, um, try to, try to play politics. Um, that's not what it's there for. Um, I'm, I'm fine with individual athletes, you know, using their platforms to, to, to do what they think is best. Um, I am all for individual freedom. Um, but you know, a league, making a political stance is not a good thing. Um, it's just, it's, it's not a good look. It's, it's, you're speaking for 32 owners or 30, depending on the league, whatever you're in. Um, and it's, I just don't like it. Um, you know, and I assume they definitely had some sort of okay from the ownership to do that. But if one owner doesn't want to do it, then they probably shouldn't do it. Um, I have my own thoughts about voter ID laws, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but I think just moving the game, I think it's, dumb. I just, I just don't understand. You're going to punish a city and a town and businesses around that, uh, that stadium and small mom and pop businesses and people that can be affected by voter ID laws. Well, if you have a problem with what they're doing, go there and then make your statement while you're there. Um, say, look, we don't agree, you know, have moments of silence, whatever you want to do to to show that. But the people that they're punishing are not the people that this law affects. They're punishing people that own small businesses and hotels and everything in the city of Atlanta. Um, And it's not the city of Atlanta that voted for it. It's the state of Georgia. It's politicians. It's not the people in that city, and that's why it bothers me.
0: Well, I I disagree with you from that standpoint that this is a law that affects everyone, even small business owners. But I think where Major League Baseball decided to make this decision was from this, I I think they were trying to head off a problem before it became one. Um, I think they heard rumblings, as everyone did, that the players and the Players Association were going to step in and take take stands on this, and possibly even disrupt the All-Star game with some of the stars deciding not to play. And I think Major League Baseball thought, well, maybe what we better do is take care of this situation, nip it in the bud, so to speak, before it becomes a bigger problem than what we we thought it was going to be. Um, I had I just heard rumblings that there were several players that were were so distraught about it that they were not going to participate in the all-star game and Mookie Betts was one of them.
1: Well and 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 they have that right. And I believe Mookie Betts is from Georgia, isn't he? Yeah. Um and he's allowed to he's allowed to have those thoughts. But uh you and I both come from places where we work for corporations where we're not the boss. You players aren't the boss. They don't run things. Um it is still a business ran by the ownership. And if the ownership decides that's where they're gonna play Either the players play or they face those consequences. They don't get to make the decisions. That's not the way business is run. Um, it's the, the major league sports, major sports are not run that way. They're becoming more and more run that way, and they shouldn't be. Um, it is still a business. I remember a few years ago I was arguing with a friend of mine about Josh Gordon in the NFL. Well, he's in Washington. Weed's legal there. Yeah, well, his employer says it's not. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what the law is. Your employer still has the right to make make their own decisions on things. And you either abide by them or you move along. That's just the way it works. Now, professional athletes are in a different position because they're not like you and I. Not everybody can do what they can do. So they have a lot more leverage, and I applaud them for utilizing that. Again, I'm all for individual freedom. But if an employer tells you this is what you're going to do, this is what you have to do, or you're not going to be employed here, then you have to do it. Or you have to move on. And then that's, that's, that's just the way a capitalist country works. That's the way capitalist society works. Um, and that's what we are. I, I, I just don't, I think they're punishing more people than they're helping by, 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 like, have you heard one person say, well, I guess Atlanta or Georgia is going to rethink the, the law they've already passed? Because Major League Baseball's not coming, I don't think that's going to happen. So what did they accomplish by doing it other than hurting the people that that, that game could have impacted in a positive way? That's my thought. And I, I'm all for everybody having their own thoughts. I just don't know what making that decision accomplishes in a positive way.
0: Blake, what do the Reds have coming up this week?
1: <laughs> you know what, Dave? As you know, I'm very busy um, at work, so I haven't even looked at the this week. <laughs> Oh, um, well, they've got it right now. they've
0: got Pittsburgh coming up this week. I mean, uh, to to open up uh home stand tonight.
1: Pittsburgh and then they travel to Arizona this weekend.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, the Indians, by the way, they've got Kansas City coming to town. They're opening up their home portion of the schedule this afternoon and then later on this week, the Indians are going to be on the road back in or they'll be at home, excuse me. And they'll be entertaining Detroit again. So it should be interesting. And we'll be able to talk about it again next Monday. So, Blake, have a good week. Do the same, Dave. All right. That's going to do it for tonight's program. Thanks a lot for joining us here this evening, everyone, on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Until next week, for Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. Have a good night, everybody.